All right, am I on? There we go. All right, so this is going to be a little different today. I was uh, telling Helen this morning uh, when I got up, I said, I think I'm more nervous for this class than any class I've, I've taught in a, in a long time. It's weird having very, pretty much no audience and, and having just a, just a live stream. But we want to thank everyone who has joined us on our live stream. This is a, a different uh, setup, a different way of doing things, but, but it works and it allows us to, to have our classes and to, to worship and, and praise God all, all at the same time. Um, I'm going to go into a prayer real quick and then we'll get started with our class. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings you give us, and we just thank you for the opportunity and the, the technology that we have here to, to be able to continue to, to learn your word, to teach your word, and, and have our classes and to worship you. Even though we're all not in the same building together, we, we can still worship as one and, and celebrate you and, and your word and, and everything that you did for us all, all at the same time, Lord. I just ask that you be with us as we go through this class. Help us to take something that we learn here today and take it out in the world and use it to bring others to you, Lord. And it's in Christ that we pray. Amen. Uh, so just to, real quick, uh, as all y'all know, we are uh, doing a, a only live stream only service here. And, and one of the things that I, I want y'all to do, is, if you get the chance, is, is make sure that you um, take the time to thank a lot of people uh, that we have in the background, uh, our social media team, our um, our sound room uh, teams and, and those people who've, who've done a lot. Robbie, the office manager, I know he's probably fielded a thousand calls this week trying to handle everyone who's you know, had questions and, and needed communion supplies and all those things. So definitely take the opportunity to, to thank those people and, and, and give them a, 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 a sincere appreciation because there's been a ton of work that has gone on in the background to make sure we're able to do this and, and keep this going. But as uh, most of y'all know, we've been going over and, and going through a series called Dangerous Prayers, and, and we're on our third week of, of this. And to review real quick, the first prayer that we looked at was the prayer, Make Me Bold. And what this was around, one of the things we've been looking at is, is a lot of our prayers tend to be safe. They, they tend to be the, the guide, guard, and direct us type, type prayers. And what we want to look at is, is, is let's look at the prayers that, that are dangerous, those that you know, are going to put me maybe in harm's way, or those that, that aren't the, the typical, um, you know, guide, guard, protect me, make me, you know, keep me safe type prayers. And so the first one was make me bold. And what we were looking at there was in the book of Acts where the apostles were preaching and they were pulled in and they, you know, they, were, they were basically told, do not preach again. If you do, we will th they threaten them with violence. You know, we're going to hurt you. And then they go out and then they say the prayer, Lord, you heard their threats. Make us bold. Not, Lord, you heard their threats, protect us. But, Lord, you heard their threats, make us bold so we can still go out and, and do this. Uh, the other, this one we looked at next week, last week was speak to me, Lord. And the, the lesson there is around um, the, the, basically having, my mind just went completely blank on who it was that uh, <laughs> I, I had uh, uh, the prophet that we had there. Samuel, thank you. Um, there that we had Samuel went and you know basically the Lord reached out to him when he was a little, about 11 years old and the prayer he said was speak to me Lord and the idea around that is to, to we need to stop and we need to listen to what God is telling us and, and to to what he is speaking to us 
and take those things. A lot of times we're, all, we're the ones talking. We constantly just, we're talking to God. Now, we need to be talking to God, but we never just stop to listen to what he has to say and the things that he wants us to do. And the danger around that is any time that you see anyone in the Bible, when they stopped and they said, Lord, speak to me, usually that did not make their lives easier. Usually it made their life harder. There, there was a lot more things that they had to do for the Lord. And so that was one of the dangerous prayers there. Today what we're looking at, and this is probably going to be one of the most dangerous prayers we look at in this one. Some people are probably going to refuse because this is not, or definitely won't like it. Uh, this is not a common prayer. This is not something that, you know, this goes out the norm of uh, our, you know, a kind of the American dream of, you know, being comfortable and having our house and our family in the white picket fence and, and those type of things. But the prayer today we're going to look at is break my heart. And the idea around that is to strip your life of ease and comfort. You know, the, 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 the things we tend to pray for, those safe things, right? It's, Lord, you know, heal me here, keep me safe here, do, you know, do this. And those aren't bad things, right? We, we need to ask, there's nothing wrong with asking God to, to keep our health, to protect our families, to help those who are sick, who, who, need to, you know, who need it. But the idea around this is to get into the, kind of the heart of God and be and, and have the same things that, that bother him or that break his heart, the same things that have those break our heart as well. So the statement here that I liked, it says, you will be blessed as your heart breaks over the same thing or over something that breaks the heart of God. And so this, that's why this is such a dangerous prayer because if we look at this, if our heart breaks over the same thing that breaks the heart of God, then that's going to move us into a whole different view on things and how we act and how we, how we go towards things and, and approach things. And so where I'm going to start with that today is with Jeremiah. For those of you who know, Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. He uh, came into a time where the people were rebelling big time against the Lord. Uh, it, was, it was actually really bad. Uh, there was tons of social injustices. Uh, they were abusing widows, the poor. Uh, they, even were going, they had even gotten to the point of sacrificing their children to a false god. I can't imagine that you get so far away from God that you get to the point where you're actually going to sacrifice your own child to a false god. So you can imagine that God's heart was broken over the things that his people were doing at this time. And Jeremiah kind of, he kind of said this same prayer, the same prayer of, you know, he, he talks about how his heart is broken just as God would like God's. And so if we look at Jeremiah 8, uh, we're going to look at verse 18 and then verse 21. In Jeremiah 8, he says, My grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. I hurt, and then in 21, he says, I hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and am overcome with grief. So Jeremiah was known as the, the weeping prophet. And he did a lot. He preached. He prayed. He fasted. He even threatened God's people. His heart was broken, but nothing actually really changed. It took a while before anything 
happen or anything changed. They say if you go back and read some of Jeremiah's uh, lessons and, and some of the things, they say if you want to hear a hellfire sermon, you, you look at and li- listen to some of the things that he said to the to people of Israel. But they, they, their, their hearts were, were gone. They, their hearts were towards false gods all the way to the point of where they were, they were sacrificing their children um, to a false god. So the question then is, do you want this? As a Christian, do you really want to say this prayer of God break my heart? Because what it entails is not going to be easy. It's not going to be something that, you know, it's like, well, break my heart over this little cause. And, and so here, and this is where I want to be clear here. When we pray the prayer of God break my heart, it's not going to be something over something insignificant or, or, or spiritually small, right? It's not going to be, well, there's this little thing going on over here, or it's not going to be, well, that animal over there suffering, that breaks my heart, so I need to do something about it. Those are not the type of things that we're talking We're not talking about small, spiritual, annoying things, right? We're, we're, we're looking at and we're talking about the big things, you know. So this is going to be a life-changing prayer. And, and how I'll speak to that a little bit is, is, is through my own experience a little bit. Of all the prayers we've looked at so far, I would say personally this is one of the ones that I, I have prayed a lot. I, I wouldn't necessarily at the time, I wouldn't say, well, yeah, I, I prayed that God break my heart. But I was kind of praying it whether I realized it or not. And that was, you know, one of the prayers, and it started about four or five years ago. One of the things that I really started to, to look at is, one, I wanted to get better at coming up here and, and being able to speak and do things. But at the, other, at the same time, I wanted to get an understanding of the, the church and how it was doing and how it was growing. And I continued to pray for guidance in, in those things. Well, one of the things I found, and, and we've covered this in our class, is basically, and there's no easy way to say this, the church itself is dying. And what I mean by that, I mean the church The church will never die, we know that, but what we call the, the church or the group of people is it's dying. And, and the more I researched that, the more I looked at that, the more it broke my heart because I see where we, what we should be doing and the things we should be doing, and we're not doing them. And so that, that's led me to a point where I started to do things that I was not comfortable with at all. Most of y'all know what it was like the first time I got up here and spoke. I about shook the entire podium off the stage. And, and so, you, you, but then at that point, you get to a point to where there's, and Helen can, can speak to this a little bit, you get to a point where that's the only thing on your mind. It almost overtakes you. It almost is it's all you think about a lot of times because it's one of those things where when you see something like that, it's like, man, we've got to do something about it. We've got to get in here. We've got to change the way we do things and, and do that. And so through that study, I wonder, one of the things I found out that, that the Church of Christ itself, what we call the Churches of Christ, is the fastest declining church group in the United States right now. And, and so, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about things like, well, 
you know, we're, it's, it's because we're telling the truth or it's because we're, you know, and then we'll talk about, well, we've got to defend the faith. And, and we'll spend a lot of times going out and, and, and doing things that, that, you know, it's like, let's just get in and focus. Let's focus on us. Let's focus on, on being out in the world. Let's not focus on the people down the street. Let's not focus on, you know, shoot what the other Church of Christ in the area is doing. Let's focus on what we are doing as a group of people and going out there. And that's the kind of prayer, when you start praying these things, for God to show you something that's on his heart or that, that's breaking his heart, whether you realize what you're asking for or not, when you really pray that and when you really hit that, it's going to change your life. And it's going to change the way that you see things. And, and I like this question. What if God's greatest blessings come from God's greatest breakings? So think about that for a minute. When was the last time you were motivated to do something out of comfort? You got into your nice car with leather seats or your nice truck with leather seats with four-wheel drive or you're at your house that's real nice, you know, air-conditioned. You go in, you got a nice job that you can work where you go home, you get to go home. When was the last time you, you, you were in that situation and thought, you know what, this, my situation has really motivated me to go and do something. I, I think about the current situation we're in where we're, we're having to do Bible class with it to an empty auditorium for the most part. And, and I think about the fact that what's gotten us, you know, one of the things I've talked about over the last couple of years is we need to put our mission over our methods. And when we first started looking at live streaming, when we first started looking at a lot of the different things that we're doing, there's a little bit of pushback sometimes because that's, well, that's a little different. You know, it's a, it's a little different. But then, and then, shoot, you even have some people who said that, you know, live streaming wasn't real church and, you know, you really wasn't worshiping God if you did it over, over the Internet like that. And then in one week, about every church in the country now is live streaming. It changed our thought real quick. Why is that? Our situation changed, right? We're no longer in a comfortable spot. There's the risk of dying if we all come together as a group of people. So we were pulled out of our comfort zone and we were forced to make a decision that a lot of people sometimes in the past would not have gone with. And those, these are the type of things that we need to look at pain or discomfort is going to cause us to move. And those are the type of things that we need to look at. You know, and, and the best thing to do is to look forward. If we can, if we can think forward or do for, have forward thinking, we, we don't have to worry about the pain and discomforts of the world causing us to move forward. We can think ahead of those things. But here, here's the thing, and, and this applies to Christ himself. Being comfortable will never make you more like Christ. I've never seen someone who I thought was very Christ-like, who I would consider had a very comfortable life. I mean, I don't know if life is the right word, but they were the most comfortable person. Most of the people that I saw who were the most Christ-like had a lot of pain and suffering. And, then, and I don't mean pain like physical pain. A lot of it could be emotional pain and different things like that. If you look at Christ himself, he, he is the perfect example of this. Christ was God in heaven, 
in, in, in paradise, and he's, he allows himself to come to the earth, and so you've you got you to gotta look at the distance. How uncomfortable is it for God himself to come down into a physical body that's not perfect in, a, in an imperfect world and to go through the pain and suffering and the trials that he had to go through? You, you think about that. Christ himself didn't expect to, himself to be comfortable. And so I, when we pray sometimes those prayers of Lord kind of make me comfortable, make my life easy, maybe we should think twice about some of those things. And I'm not saying that we go crazy and ask, ask for suffering, Lord, make me suffer. You know, the, but but we, we need to get in that point where our hearts line up with God's and the things that we see in this world break our hearts and we actually mo- are motivated to do something about it. And the last part of this is us being uncomfortable, us having to go through pain, us having to go through suffering, things that, that cause us suffering or trials, makes us depend on God. It doesn't make us, the, you know, some of these things that we, ha- that we go through in life, it's going to require us to depend on God. And I like this statement that I found. It's better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. If we, if we kind of look at this, we can use the Apostle Paul as kind of an example. Paul was what we would consider the Jew of all Jews, right? He, he, was, you know, he was real high up in, 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 in the Jewish culture and, and abilities. He was so on fire for what he thought was God at the time that he went around and persecuted the church of that time, killing people, having them stoned. But then all that changed when, when God kind of showed him the light, literally. And so if, if we look at this, if we go to Philippians, and I'm going to read all of this and, and kind of comment as, as we go through it, because I think some of this sometimes parallels to us as not only the church, but as Christians as well. And this kind of goes back to my, my method over the mission type things. If we start in Philippians 3, verse 2, he says, Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Jesus has, Christ Jesus has done for us, but, not conf- but we put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, indeed, if others had reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. And, and Paul, what he's referring to here is the, when he was a, a Jew and, and, and the, the things that he did for, for uh, the Jewish religion, you know, he was one of the, well, he, they were considered the strictest of the strict. They obeyed the laws to the, to, the, to the T. They didn't hardly break any one of them. And what he's saying here is, if I, if I could brag about all these things that I've done or, or the focus on the what we say the physical things you need to do, then I could brag about those all day long. And, and what I mean when I say that I think some of this, and I'm going to stop on these, these first four, few verses, what I mean when I say I, I, I parallel, and I want you to listen to me carefully when I say this because I don't want it to be misconstrued. Sometimes us as a church and as a people, we focus really hard on the physical things we have to do. All right, baptism. I'm not saying baptism isn't necessary or essential, but a lot of times 
this is the only thing we'll focus on. Worship. You know, the way we're having to worship now, a lot of things, we'll talk about the things that we have to do, but that's it. We focus on those physical things, the acts of worship, the, 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 the steps and plans of salvation. Now, don't get me wrong, those are very important things. But when we make those the most important things, that's where we come to a fault. Because we will sometimes make all these, these things that we do sometimes about us, right? God doesn't need, God doesn't have to have, God doesn't need a lot of the things that we do. Those things are for us. And so what my point and what I'm trying to say here is we need to make sure that we get into where we have the heart and, and connect with the heart and actually get to know God. I think sometimes we get so stuck on a lot of the, the, the laws and the commandments and the physical things that we're told we have to do that we forget who we are supposed to be and what's the ultimate, you know, all this stuff, baptism, you know, coming and worshiping God and, and on a daily basis, we can check all those boxes off. If we check them all off, it doesn't do us any good if our heart is not where it's supposed to be. If we hadn't made that, that, that true connection of faith and, and a heart with God. And so, and, and I'll show you more what I'm talking about when I, as I continue on here. In verse 5, he continues on. He says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so jealous that I harshly persecuted the church, and as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. And then I like this next. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And, and this, is the, this is what I'm talking about. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying or, or, or speaking ill of baptism. We, we know that's what we're commanded to do. We are to be baptized. That's, you know, that's, you start off in Acts, and that's one of the very first things we get. You know, we're to worship God, and, and we have instructions on how we are to worship God. There's things set forth in the Bible, and, and those are important. But if we get almost like the Pharisees in some way, and we make those things the laws, and those things are almost some of the things that we worship, you know, we get, we get stuck into our buildings, right? You know, we, we make what we do here at the building more important than what our mission is supposed to be. And again, like I said, I don't get me wrong. What, those things are important, but they're not as important as actually knowing Jesus and who he is. And so that's what I, I kind of want to focus on with this, this break on my, our heart. And it may be a little bit different for each person, the, the thing that, that, that you line up with that breaks your heart. But let me continue this. So yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I can gain Christ. And an actual literal translation here is dung, or in our modern vernacular, poop or crap, however you want to say it. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's technically, if you want to get into it, that, that's how, how we would say it. 
so that he could get. So he's saying all those things. And, and again, I know this doesn't exactly line up because these are things that we, we've been commanded to in the New Testament. But, but what he's saying is if all these things, if I hold on to all these things and I still do not get to know Christ, who he is, if we preach all these things that we're supposed to do, but we really don't go out into the world and preach the gospel to the world and bring, you know, and bring people to Christ, all that other stuff's worthless if you don't know Christ. And so he goes on, and this is where the break my heart side comes on. And, because, and um, so he talks about, so I could gain Jesus Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ Jesus, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. And then I like this verse. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Now, we could have multiple ways of, of lining this up and, and comparing this. You know, one, line, one line of this could, is baptism, which, which shows our death and burial and resurrection with him. But I love this verse. Who in here wants to pray this or say this? I want to suffer with him. Now, of us who know what Christ went through, and I think most people do, he was crucified on a cross and suffered greatly. At the time, and probably still to this day, it's one of the most brutal and painful deaths that you can suffer. How many of us in here could, could, or out there could say this prayer? That you truly want, one, for God to break your heart, and two, for you to suffer with him. That's a hard one to pray. That's a dangerous prayer for our well-being. You look at it, that's dangerous for our well-being, right? And to go further on, to, to show you how passionate Paul was about this, in Romans he wrote, in Romans 9, 1-3, With Christ as my witness, I speak with other other truthfulness my conscience and the holy spirit confirm it so not only is it saying i'm speaking the truth here but the holy spirit god himself will confirm that what i'm about to say is true my heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people my jewish brothers and sisters i would be willing to be cursed forever or forever cursed cut off from christ if that would save them who in here or out there would be willing to say, you know what, I'm willing to give up my salvation if one person out there would come to Christ? I can honestly tell you I'm not. I wouldn't. And I, I, that's why he said in the beginning here of, you know, I speak from truthfulness, God himself can confirm it, the Holy Spirit can confirm it. Because, you know, we could say something out of, out of you know, flamboyance or just to speak or to, to make a, try to make a point. But he is speaking the truth here. What he is saying is, is, I would rather be separated from Christ if it would save one person or his Jewish brothers and sisters. That right there is having your heart broken the same way that Christ's heart is broken. He was willing to send himself to come here to suffer and die 
separate himself from God himself, which happened when he was on the cross, so that everyone in the world could be saved. Not just a couple people or one person, but so everyone in the world could be saved. This is a dangerous prayer. Now, you, you, you think about that. You, you think about it. If you were to pray a prayer of God break my heart in the same way that your heart breaks so that I can be motivated and, and to, to do the same sort of things that you would want me to do to bring people to Christ. If everyone in the church were to pray this prayer and to get motivated and moved to do those things, to really know Jesus and know what he wants, we, would, we wouldn't be able to fill these buildings if we were able to meet here. And so those are the things, you know. I, I go back to, to my story a little bit, and, and this is what I, a prayer I want a lot of people to pray because sometimes we get caught up in the, the method. We get caught up in the method. And then as I, I posted this uh, earlier this week, this is one of the good things that has come out of this whole virus situation where we're forced to stay in our homes. We are being pushed out of our method. And we're being made to be uncomfortable. And I, I hope, my, and my prayer is, is that we're, we realize that how we do things sometimes is not the most important, but it's, it's the mission, making sure that we do the mission of the church and go out and bring people. I, one of the lovely things I saw we, saw, we sat Wednesday night and we watched the rebroadcast from, from Wednesday night. But the one thing I love seeing more than anything is all these churches you know, I bet you there were more people who were exposed to, to preaching and the Word of Christ Wednesday night because every single church was live streaming and advertising their live streaming. You couldn't hardly go through a Facebook feed without seeing some church giving a lesson or a preacher giving a lesson or someone giving a Bible study online. I would say that that, that this situation we're in has caused us, I don't know, I know it has. It's caused us to get out of the building and spread the Word of God out there. And so if we want to look at some of the positive things that, that have come out of it, this, this is one of them. And so I hope and pray that we can, we can pray a prayer and we can get out of some of our, our, our legalisms and, and some of our maybe sometimes self-righteous thoughts of, well, well, we do this right, and then the one down the, you know, in, in, instead of trying to tear others down, let's, let's build up. Let, let's focus on what we're supposed to be doing. You know, maybe some of, the, the time, some of us who are, are box checkers who, you know, really think that, you know, as long as I check these boxes every Sunday and Wednesday and show up but not really, really change much, you know, I'm okay. Or, you know, I'm the one who, you know, as long as I write my, my check to the church, and, and do the other box check things, I'm good, because that's what God wants me to do. Again, those things are important. Those are things that we're commanded to do. But it's not the mission that we were sent out to do. So back to the point here. And I like this. It's better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. And so, so my point here today is pray your dangerous prayer. Ask God to break your heart in a way that, that, that lines what he's upset about and what breaks his heart with you. 
And again, it's not going to be an easy thing. And if you're truly sincere about it, it's going to change the way you look at things. It's going to change the way that you, how you approach things. And, and I can speak from, a, from you know, mine and Helen's standpoint. I mean, we, we sit and there's things now that we see that it's just like you, you kind of open your eyes. It opens your eyes to it's like, well, maybe that's not the best approach. Or maybe we really shouldn't be talking about this right now during the middle of a pandemic. Or you know, maybe we need to change... You know, and that's one of the reasons why our focus has been in, in, on love, right? That the, the, the verses on love and how God's, or the people are going to know we're God's disciples on how we show our love and how we, we show things. And, you know, the, that's why I talk about a lot of like the way we, we, we approach and, and show ourselves on Facebook and, and those type of things and social media and even out in the world because if, if you don't show that, that love and, and that, that mission behind that love, then it's just all words. It doesn't really mean anything. All these things that you do are just physical acts. It doesn't mean anything. You know, it doesn't matter if you've been going to church a year or, or 40 years. If you're not fulfilling the mission, the purpose of the church, all that stuff's in vain. And so pray that prayer pray this prayer this is like i said this is the hardest one and and be purposeful about it find something that you see that you know breaks god's heart and allow it to break your heart allow him to break your heart through it and man i'm telling you your life will not be the chance the same afterwards five years ago me and helen were looking at at you know we're going to pull back from the church when i say pull back we were going to stop being involved in so much because you know we needed to spend time with our daughter we had sports going on. We had school stuff going on. We had a lot of, you know, work stuff going on. And it was just a time for us to kind of pull back until Kylie graduated. And we were, you know, really about to, to do that when we basically just got a kick in the pants. And now we're busier and, and more involved, and we're doing more things because we, we, we saw something that broke our hearts that we got a passion for. And you know what? We've, we've had time to do everything. We've been, had time to bid all Kylie's sporting events. We've had time to be at every single church event for the most part. And we're, more, we're busier now than what we were four or five years ago. So think about that and pray that prayer. And then lastly, like, well, that's a dangerous prayer. And that's, you know, that's, you know, what about my physical well-being or my mental well-being? All those things are important. We need to continue to pray for those things. And there's nothing wrong with some of the safe prayers, right? There's nothing wrong with Asking God to protect you, to protect your family, to keep you safe, to heal the sick. But we've also got to flip that around sometimes. We can't just pray that all the time. Sometimes we've got to flip that around, and we've got to be willing to, to, to suffer and to take those risks and, and have those things that aren't going to make us real comfortable come into our lives. Because that, that's Christ. And I love this, this last statement, and this is from the book. Dangerous prayers because following Jesus was never meant to be safe. Nothing in the Bible are you going to find where when you come to Christ or you become a Christian that your life is going to suddenly get easier and, you know, be safe and you're going to be protected all the time. If anything, if you look at the examples, in the, especially in the New Testament, well, look at the Old Testament. They killed everyone, all the prophets for the most part. But you look at all the the people who follow Christ in the New Testament. None of their lives were easy. 
None of their lives were safe. Several of them were killed and crucified or stoned. And so, again, where I'm not saying that we need to go out and, and get ourselves stoned and, and hopefully we don't have to worry about that. But we live in a culture where, where things are usually very comfortable. We like our comforts. We like all the, the picket fence-like thing, type of, our, our SUVs and, and all those things. And again, there's nothing wrong with all that. But we, we need to be willing to step out of that comfort and step out of those things and, and put on Christ and be willing to, to take some hits for his sake. Mm-hmm. Everything we do must be done in the spirit of love, love for others, and love for Christ. Exactly. And then Amanda commented, your six-year-old niece wants to know what it means um, that it is better to suffer for a purpose than live without one. All right, so I'll answer the six-year-old first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how would you explain that to a child so to explain that to a child that is a good question that's probably one of the hardest questions I have <laughs> oh, from the mouth of a child right um, so to, to, it's better to, to so what was the question again he wants to know what it means that it is better to suffer for, with, suffer for a purpose than live without one okay. so to suffer for a purpose than to live without one I think if you go through your life without a purpose, without you know, especially a purpose for Christ as a Christian, I'm not God, but it's going to be interesting when you get to the to the in, to the end, and you show up, and, and God's kind of like, well, what did you do for me? What was your purpose as being a Christian? And if you don't have a real answer for that, that's going to be a hard day. I don't know what that's going to look like. I really don't. He may not, he may not ask that question. But I, I do know if, if you go through life with the purpose of, you know, your mission is, you know, evangelism or your, well, all of that should be all of ours, but maybe that's your passion. Maybe that's the, the thing that breaks your heart is, is, you know, we need to evangelize more. Or you, you, your passion was bringing people to Christ or, you, or your passion was helping the homeless or your passion was, you know, helping children who don't have families. You know, it's not our things, it's not the things we do that gets us into heaven, but, but God expects us to live Christian lives and to do those things he talks about. We're commanded to take care of those people and to do those things. So if you have a purpose, especially a Christian purpose, when you, you get to heaven, I, I think there's going to be a, you'll be in a whole lot better spot, let me put it that way, than if you stand before God and be like, hey, well, I went to church, you know, three days a week or four or however many times I'm supposed to be there and, I did all the check things that you said to do, but I really didn't live my life like Christ. That's going to be a hard day, I think, for, for a lot of people. And what, what was Penny saying? Penny said everything we do must be done from a spirit of love for, uh, for, love for others and love for Christ. Yeah. And I agree. And that's one of the biggest, and that's why my favorite verse is about, you know, the greatest commandment and then the new commandment that Christ gave us, you know, about love one another like I have loved you. Because if we love people the way Christ loved us, we're going to be willing to die for them no matter what. We're going to accept them as humans no matter what. Right? We're not going to judge them based on their appearance or, or things they may do as we're trying to convert them to Christ. You know, God, God didn't, didn't come down and say, well, I'm only going to die for a certain group of people because they, they fit my stereotype or they fit the people that I'm comfortable with or the people I'm comfortable with coming into the church building. You know, we, we, 
Some of those people, they make us uncomfortable. We need to get out of our comfort zone. This, this break me. All right, go ahead. Going along that line about love, 1 Corinthians 13, that describes biblical love, says love suffers long. Yes. And, and if you really love the way Jesus loves, you're going to suffer. Yeah. It's not this Hollywood type of feel good. Uh, they're suffering in love, true love. Yeah. No, I agree. If, and, and I say, and I, just some of my studies that I've been doing on this, they say some of the people who suffer, when we call suffering, and most of it's emotional, spiritual suffering, is ministers. Because they, you don't go into this line of work because for the pay or, or for you know the 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 praise of constant praise that you get, right? You go into this kind of line of work for the most part because God has broken your heart in one way or another to to want to align with the things that He does. And so they, you see, you know, as a, as a preacher and as a minister, you see the things that go on in the world. You get to, you, you, you know, you talk to them a lot. You, 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 you witness that. And so they say a lot of the people who, ministers are a lot of the ones who, who, who suffer a lot uh, through that. And I can see why. I can see why. The, the church, the people, there are broken people. We're all broken in one way or the other. We all have our issues. And when you, you see that on a regular basis, I can see where that, that would, can be a, a suffering thing. All right, so pray this prayer this week. And actually, pray it from now on and, and look for those things. For, for God to break your heart and to bring you in line with the things that breaks his heart and, and give you a passion for it. So next week, what we're going to look at is the prayer, search me. And the idea around this is for God to search who you are and maybe expose it a little bit personally. And this can be a dangerous prayer because, you know what, we probably really don't want God or anyone else digging around in our minds and searching who we are and some of the things that we, that we think and, and do. and that, that can be a dangerous thing to think about. You know, you, you think about, do you really want someone knowing to really search you and get to know who you are 100%. You know, some of those <laughs> thoughts you know, we have, we, want, no, we don't want anyone to know. But it, it, it's, a, it's a, a prayer of opening ourselves up because the only person who's going to be able to handle and deal with those type things is God himself. You know, our, our, our insecurities, our sins, uh, those type of things, those are, those are where we will go. Um, that is all I got for today. I appreciate everyone for joining us online. I think I'll give you three minutes back. Um, watch, we'll, we'll go back live with our worship service at 1030. Thank you.